It's winter, and you can now get almost anything you need for the coldest months of the year delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a ski slope delivered, but you can get dish soap delivered. Sunshine, that's a no. But a bottle of wine, that's a yes. A snow angel, sorry, no, but angel hair pasta. Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol and select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. Yes, yes, yes. And welcome back to the Fresh Arsenal podcast. And it's me, PB, on hosting duty again. Happy to take it back considering we won. I was too miserable to do it last week. So that's why you had Pat given the intro. But I am back despite us losing a game since we last spoke. Um, and I'm joined by Pet again. Pet, how are you feeling? Uh, mixed emotions, I guess, since uh, we last spoke. Obviously, the 2-0 the defeat to PSV and then a, a convincing 5-0 win at the weekend. Yeah, the highs and lows of games twice in a week, which we basically stopped getting used to last season, didn't we? It was always like feeling either very low or very high for the entire week last season mm. and this mm. season we at least have the the palatable midweek fixtures um psv was was a strange one wasn't it um lots of kind of hindsight chat about maybe what we should have done or shouldn't have done and i think we maybe got caught in the halfway house of rotating like a, maybe a bit too much we should have either rotated completely or or gone as strong as we could have without getting players in the red zone and um mm. I think we we paid for that, but obviously it means now we just have to do the job against Zurich. And I mean, Oli, at the start of the season, we were kind of debating squad depth and stuff. And to be honest with you, if you'd given Arteta this situation, considering how much we've rotated in the Europa League, I think he definitely would have taken it. But also we did mention, didn't we, that Zurich hadn't won a game in Switzerland um, at the beginning of the season. They still have not won a game in Switzerland. I believe they are six, like zero, six, seven out of 13 games. So listen, I've been saying to my mates, if we don't win on Thursday, we deserve to play in the last 32. So there we go. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly that. And I think, yeah, lots of hindsight chat on lineups because it's like if we, we know we've lost now, so you may as well have just rested everyone if you're going to lose anyway. Um, and Arteta definitely went for it. I mean, you saw when we went behind, he brought on the first teamers that weren't already on the pitch. Um, but I guess the positive is it's not affected the performance at the weekend. And I guess we had a bit of fortune really with with the fixture that we did have following that game. You know, if we had Chelsea a week early and we were going to Stamford Bridge after travelling um, to PSV, then that probably changes the lineup we would have gone for though, I suppose. But yeah, any we, we won't sort of dwell on the loss too much. It's much more exciting to talk about the win. But is there any sort of key out outcomes and observations you took from that PSV game that had you concerned? We were we actually disagreed a little bit, didn't we, on the performance. I thought yeah. that and do you know what? I kind of the pitch was so bad that it almost felt like to me the Bodo glimped away game where, I mean, I think in the first 10 minutes I saw players slipping all over the place. It was a bit disgrace. And I think I said to you, 
you guys in the chat like the one key takeaway i've got from this is hopefully this is the last really bad pitch we play on this season we've had glimpse psv and i think the southampton pitch in the second half really started cutting up and was was pretty bad i'm hoping that that's the last bad pitch we play on because it it just really looked like we could i mean again thomas party came on and he just could hardly stand up at times uh like again seems to be the indicator as to how bad the pitch is but no i mean it was one of those where i didn't really feel too bad about it i mean the way we've bounced back we've probably had two of our best performances haven't we after losses this season first at brentford away and now we really struggled to do last season didn't we so yeah 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 and i mean what we sort of i guess we had slight disagreement at half time was i i felt the first half we were playing well enough to go on and win the game and i think um i think we were playing better than we did in bode and probably at leeds and in in spells at southampton i think the offside goals generated a a feel to the game you know, it's hard. To, some people are like, yeah, but they, they were so close to scoring three more. We nearly lost 5-0 and all of this. But it's like, if we play a high line and, and the line is not going to put his flag up until after the ball's gone in, you can't count that as a serious chance because that's exactly what we're trying to do, catch him offside. So in my view, it wasn't that we got fortunate with those offside goals. It's It's how we play. You know, they all came from a line that caught them offside and... Cody Gakpo got caught offside about 20 times in the game. And and even their couple of shots in the second half, I do think we fell apart a bit in the second half um, and didn't play well in that in that second half. But they had a couple of shots in the second half. I think their only couple um, that weren't the goals that would have been offside if, if it had gone to VAR, if one of them went in as well. So I just felt that, you know, obviously re- results are the key thing here, but I felt that the performance in general wasn't as bad as it was being made out to be, you know, it's far from perfect, but I think we played, I was really negative after like the Bodo game and stuff where I thought we really struggled. And again, the pitch was a bit of an issue leads. We didn't look great. So I didn't think it was like some people were sort of saying, this is, this is the worst we've seen of us and things. Um, but you know, there you go. The important thing was, we bounce back with this Forest game and hopefully against Zurich on Thursday. Going into this Forest game, then first let's talk about the lineups because I think we had Tommy Asu chat before. Um, we've got a question from North Banks, uh, who's come in and said a bit of talk about Tommy Asu's role at left back recently. Because we've talked before, and I, I sort of said I felt like we've slipped into a bit of a Tierney's doing the Europa League. Tommy Asu's doing the Premier League since that Liverpool game where Tommy Asu was given that specific role. And I still think that's sort of it. However, in this game, there was the opportunity to probably change it given that didn't they both play um, on Thursday night, both Tommy Asu and, and Tierney started, I believe. Yeah, they did. But I think we saw very quickly in this Forest game Tommy Asu really tucking in into that build-up into the middle of the pitch. And we talked about how we've really missed Sinchenko doing exactly that. And I just think now that 
Tomiyasu is very much becoming that backup in the fact that he can tuck in much easier and and play that because I think we've lost we'd lost a bit of our build up play. I think it's fair to say you know in the early season games where we looked brilliant, we had a very clear White and Zinchenko either side of Partey, and we've maybe lost that a bit since Zinchenko's been out and Tomiyasu's been caught between being that one v one defender, being strong defensively versus tucking in. Obviously, it's Forrest and there's more chance to do it, but I really felt like he was getting alongside Partey. Um, there was a couple of things right at the start where it just looked like Tommy Asu was a centre midfielder. So it, it seems to me clear that that's the way the manager want to play, so, uh, wants to play. But I mean, where does that put Tierney? What's your, what's your thoughts on it, Pat? Do you think it's horses for courses or do you think that Tierney may be... I mean, he's not going to stick around as third choice left back, is he? I don't think he is. I mean, can I just say, before I forget, a couple of things, right? I never want to see Rob Holding play <laughs> Premier League minutes after what I saw against PSV. I've I said think... that most weeks on here for two years. <laughs> I think he's firmly, firmly uh, got one foot out of the door, especially with the subs that he made. And I think Sandy mm. wasn't too much better either. And also to Greg, the arse cast hasn't come out yet, mate. So this is all my own thinking. So... <laughs> Um, I, I've never had a big issue with Tommy at left back and that's not because he's been particularly good, but apart from the Liverpool game, which I thought was fantastic and I think in this Forest game, he was pretty good. I think I just haven't really seen Tierney do what Arteta wants the left back to do in this system. And I think the two-footedness also, we've got to remember how Forrest scored their goal against Liverpool. They scored from a set-piece who's incredibly good in the air. Tomiyasu, he won everything in the air this this game as well. I think he won the ball back in opposition halves and on the counter a few times. Tucked in, looked really comfortable off either foot. Did a, did a couple of switches, which looked nice. He, he's growing in confidence when he comes in field as well. I just think that if you think about it, there's not that much difference between those two players apart from Tierney joins the attack a bit more and maybe, you know, crosses the ball a bit more, becomes part of a triangle higher up the pitch. I think Tommy Asu is much more of a kind of progressive build-up player that is uh, like a bit deeper, that allows Xhaka to go higher with Martinelli to kind of support him and Jesus to make that triangle there. Um, while Odegaard Saka... And, you know, either party or white make it on the right-hand side. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, this this game just showed why he's been picked. He was really solid and contributed, not exceptionally in an attacking sense, but, like, I think some of his passing was pretty good. And most most notably, I think he was really, really strong against the counter-attack, um, even though Forrest didn't have much, did they? Mm. What do you think it means for Tierney? Do you think... Should this not just be a pattern, as I sort of say, with the Europa League stuff? And we've only got a few games after the World Cup before January, but I guess if if Zinchenko's still out or or has issues, or even if Tommy Asu, you know, is that sub coming on and, and Tierney isn't getting minutes off the bench, do you think there's a chance we see him perhaps even even move mid season? I I don't think so. I think Tierney doesn't seem like the type of player that gives up. I also think that Arteta quite likes him, 
we've seen him touted as like a vice captain, a leader in the dressing room, etc. I think this is quite akin to Martinelli being left out a lot last season up until January. Like there are certain players, I think, that are going to be able to come in after the World Cup break, whether they come in through January or they're like a Nelson or a, or a Tierney or maybe a Laconga improves, blah, 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 or maybe Eddie starts scoring that are going to have to play useful minutes for Arsenal. Mm. And I think Arteta must be saying to him, like, look, like you've only just come back from a pretty serious knee injury. We're managing your minutes, managing your load. You're going to play on Thursday to try and get used to this new inverted role. And we've already seen you can do it at Premier League level against Brentford. Um, but at the same time, like, I don't think he can drop Tommy Asu now. Like and and honestly, if you ask every Arsenal fan who who you want starting at Stamford Bridge, who are you going to pick? Mm. Everyone's going to say Tommy Asu. Why? Because that base for Arsenal is so important. And I know who I want defending one v one and lots of set pieces that Chelsea are good for, good from, and playing against two wide players in a three four three. Like I think I think if Tommy Asu hadn't had such a, a smooth and convincing game yesterday though there may have been a bit of a split there because May, he's maybe been, he's but, not okay, looked let, the let, most comfortable against Leeds and Southampton both away games and we're now going into our last few Premier League games before the World Cup are away games um you know so no no game I was going to say not every game's like Forest at home but no game's like Forest at home apart from maybe Zurich at home on Thursday so I don't know. I think for some, there's still questions to be answered for him. And there's a lot of, t- there is a lot of support for Tierney. You know, he's a player that a lot of people like um, and yeah. that, you know, he's a very likable guy and gives everything for the team when he's on the pitch. It's never a case that he's, he's not trying for the team. It's just more of a, a skill set and style thing really, isn't it? I, th- I think it is. I personally think that if Tommy Asu had come in at left back, against Liverpool and then not play left back again. Everyone would be like, we should play left, we should play Tommy Asu left back against Chelsea. It's just those two games in between Southampton and, and Leeds where it maybe didn't feel as good. But even then, like Leeds, he was very important in defending set pieces. And actually I think he was at Southampton again. I think that's a big, a big point that Arteta looks at. And I think he'll definitely start against Chelsea. There's no no doubt in my mind. Um, and I think he'll probably start against Wolves as well. Like, we know that Arteta is loyal to players who play well, whether it's Nuno Tavares or, you know, Eddie Nketiah or Lacazette. Like when they start playing well, he continues playing them. And I think Tommy Asu... The, the one thing I'll say is Tommy Asu looked like a player who'd taken on a lot of advice and learnings from those two Leeds and Southampton games and really work them into his game against Forest. And now I think that's a lot easier to do when you've played left centre-back and left-back before and you're both footed playing in like an inverted role. You're more used to like central positions. I, I think Tierney is quite far away from that. And now that doesn't mean that when Tierney learns that over the next couple of months, two, three months, and learns from a player like Zinchenko that he's not going to be the able deputy or rotation option that we both know he is. I just think at the moment on that kind of learning curve, I think that Tommy Asu is just a a much better fit. Mm. Yeah, no, I think it's fair. It's a really interesting 
part of the team and selection to to keep an eye on saying and ultimately that, it's saying that I do think it was weird that Cedric came on <laughs> well <laughs> like I was going to say the next part of North Bank's question was without wanting to mention Cedric um, maybe he's a long-term listener to the show and knows the the debate we've had on here but he said thoughts and I guess that's why it's provoked a little bit of the where does Tierney stand in this team because of the the order of substitution I mean I think we were three or four no up at the time, but Cedric did come on before Tierney to play left back, which was quite yeah. interesting. Um, and Very I think that's strange. what's, I think that's what's provoked some people to, to wonder if there's something more going on there or whether they're, you know, it, it doesn't seem to make sense unless they're really managing Tierney's minutes and felt he couldn't do 30, he could only do the, the 20 or 15 or whatever that he played. And that, that doesn't seem right though does it it doesn't no and i mean cedric hasn't been involved i don't think at all this season before that that sub so maybe they thought what better chance to to give him some minutes than when we're falling them up but yeah that's odd i think that's i think you know if we keep seeing that tierney come on as the sub fullback because we're subbing the fullbacks quite a lot in in most our games if that's a a pattern yeah. that continues, then I think it's worth a discussion. But I think considering we were 4-0 up at home, you know, two important games coming up in the week, let's let's not make a huge deal out of that substitution, I don't think. Um, I don't think it's worth it at this stage. I, th- I think, you know, Arteta's very keen to keep everyone in the squad involved. He did a huge amount of work to reduce the numbers in the squad so that there wasn't lots of people not playing. And I wonder if there was a little bit of that because... The next thing we're going to talk about is a player who who probably, like Cedric, had had the least amount of minutes. I'm not sure if either of them had played in the Premier League at all or very rarely. When Saka went down, you know, luckily we were already 1-0 up, but Saka was having a brilliant start to the game. He was my fantasy football captain. I thought he's going to get a couple of goals, a couple of assists there. Unfortunately for Arsenal, England and my fantasy team, uh, he had to come off injured and... I don't believe there's news that's come out about that injury at the time of recording. So we're not going to speculate on that. Let's hope that that he is back as soon as possible. But let's talk about, I think, firstly, the decision then that uh, Arteta had, because had Nelson not done what he did go on to do, there would have been huge, huge critics for, for Arteta for that sub, don't you think? I mean... Considering Vieira played on the on the right wing in the week and was probably our our best player or one of our best, I felt um, on Thursday against PSV. I thought he had a good game on the right. Seemed the most obvious sub to make. Even after that, maybe Marquinhos. We've seen probably more of him than than Nelson as well. But it was Reese Nelson who came on. I mean, firstly, did that su- surprise you, Pat, when he when he was the one to to come on for Saka? Uh, that was definitely the feeling in the stadium. Everyone was like, oh, that's strange. And mm. I think for good reason, right? Reese Nelson started uh, one of the Europa League games. He started the Bodo Glimt away game, didn't he? And didn't look... Was it Bodo Glimt at home or away? I think away. And didn't look particularly great. Started on so the- once he was on then, I mean, there was... Still a lot to do in the game. We got the first goal, but against Southampton the week before, we, we'd also scored the first goal and and let them back into the game. And 
I felt even at 1-0, I mean, you were in the stadium, so you may be able to give a better account, Pep, but I felt there was still a slight nervousness at 1-0. It was only really when we went two and then very quickly three in the second half that, that everyone sort of relaxed. I felt the players relaxed, the fans relaxed and everything. So there was lots to do. And, and it was Nelson who made it two and three now. Um, the first goal, you know, brilliant run onto the right. Jesus, who who we may talk about in a bit, you know, wasn't selfish in that scenario. There was perhaps an opening for him. Lays Nelson off, cuts inside on his left. Keeper makes a save. You know, it's not a brilliant shot. But then the, when it comes back to him, you know, there's still still a decent amount to do there. A couple of defenders in front of him and the keeper and, and he picks out the top corner. I mean, it's probably the most we've seen from Nelson in some time. So again, was there a bit of, you talked about the surprise in the stadium when, when he came on. Was, it, was there a bit of a surprise when people realised it was Nelson that had just scored that goal? So embarrassingly, I went to the bathroom and got some water at half time and I I have to say the one thing that quite impressed me was how clean his ball striking was in both of those situations mm. I have always thought of Nelson as someone who is more of a kind of finesse shooter like wants to open his body up not drill it but he cuts in on, on his left foot and he hits it pretty hard albeit not very well placed like at the keeper keeper makes a decent save and the second shot is like kind of bobbling on the bounce and he really whacks his foot through it and it goes into the top corner it's a really good finish i i think that was quite surprising to me and yeah like you could see how happy the rest of the team was for him and then the third goal as well i think a really really good finish and showed some really good instincts in in the box and yeah I think people were even more surprised after the second goal everyone was like what the hell is going on kind of like the you know hold your hands up fair play like you know fair play for coming on ahead of Eddie and Vieira and, and scoring a couple so yeah there was mm. a bit of surprise but it, it definitely was a lot lot more relaxed after those um after those two quick fire goals yeah definitely it was great to see us start the second half with with such quality because we've seen drop-offs in second halves in recent weeks in particular and and throughout the season dotted throughout we've seen sort of not the same level in both halves so it's really good that we saw that in the performance but crucially we've got to score those goals in those moments and you know huge for Nelson to be the one to to turn up and do that and I think particularly with the second goal when you watch it back he comes a long way I think he might win the ball initially isn't it on the edge of the box um but we sort of transition from back to front anyway. And he he comes all the way through into the middle of the box. And that was one from the TV anyway that, you know, he saw one of our players flick it in. But I didn't for any moment, again, think it was Nelson until I saw him running off to celebrate. And that's a real instinctive finish and, you know, getting into the right place at the right time type of goal. Something you probably wouldn't expect from a player who's not had a lot of minutes on the pitch um, so far this season. I mean, what's your general feeling on on that Nelson performance? Do you think this is a player that we can now trust? We had a question from um, the Jeff that's come in. Uh, he says, does the Nelson performance demonstrate to Arteta that he can slash should trust his squad more and rotate more often? I mean, I'll phrase this in a frame this in a different way. 
what would the reaction of Arsenal fans have been if Reese Nelson had started ahead of Saka today? Mm. Uh, on 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 Sunday, rather. Like, I I do appreciate the sentiment of the question, but I also do feel that when we talk about rotation, there are only so many players that we can rotate in without the levels massively dropping. And that's and, a key point, isn't it? Right, we were one nil up, and this yeah. was one player coming in. It wasn't yes. changing two at the front three or changing an attacking midfielder and and one at the front three. It was it was a perfect opportunity for him if he was going to get one. But yeah. you know, there's moments in players' careers that can can really change what then happens for them. And you know, I still think. I don't want to be... I mean, think about Francis Coquelin, right? Mm. Like, do you remember he just came into the side through injury, was mm. really good after being out in the cold for like three years, mm. and then never left the side until until Wenger left, basically. Yeah. Like, almost. So it can sometimes happen like that, where you just randomly get an opportunity. I mean, Eddie's a perfect example last season, right? We all thought he was gone. We all thought he was gone even in January to like a Bundesliga team or something and I'm not saying Nelson's going to repeat that but you have to even if he doesn't because yeah there's now right there's now question marks about you know I've never felt great about Eddie and and there's probably plenty of clips on this podcast where I've written him off and he had a great end to last season I still think we've seen this season that there's still question marks as whether he's good enough to be a team that are going to be competing in the Champions League's second striker. Um, and maybe, you know, if that type of thing happens with Nelson, he he has a really nice run for us, but it doesn't work out long-term or it means we can then sell him and get some money for a player who it looked like we're almost certainly set to release probably at the end of the season. You know, not everyone has to, there's a big obsession, particularly on, on Twitter and things to either support a player through absolutely everything or completely write him off. And I think Nelson and probably Nketiah are good examples of players who are never going to be the very best and most consistent players, but they're not awful and completely useless. And it's up to, you know, the manager and the team to be able to get moments like this out of those players. And and Eddie's going to need to have moments in the season to help this Arsenal team. Whether either of them are here next season, or, or can be at the level we need for sort of Champions League and and competing at the top of the Premier League, I still doubt it. You know, we've seen, I think we've seen enough of them over longer periods for me to think that, but it's not that I think they're completely useless and won't score key goals. And I think Nelson had scored really key goals. As I say, we played really well and we probably would have gone on to win. Yeah. But if we play really well for that first 10 minutes, don't put those two goals in have a little shaky moment at the back, make it one or who knows, you know, so he's played a huge role in this game and I, I hope he has more moments. Okay, if we're going to recreate this old pic of us that mom posted, we've got to get the outfits right. Well, for some reason, I can't find gauchos with a matching shrug anywhere. Let me try on my Samsung Galaxy S24 Ultra. I just use the S Pen to circle the outfit in the post and bam, five sites to buy it from right here. Shut up. How did you... You shut it. Mom's coming. Cute outfit. Get me one. (laughs) (laughs) Circle it, find it with the new Galaxy S24 Ultra and circle the search with Google. Upgrade now at Samsung.com. Internet connection required. Results may vary based on visuals. Yeah, I, I hope so too. And, it, and it's kind of key in the sense um, that 
he will now probably start against Zurich and Brighton between now and the end of the season. Mm. So I, I think... End of the um, season or just to the World Cup? Oh, sorry, until the end of the World Cup. <laughs> until the World Cup. It would be nice if the season was ending in the World Cup because we, <laughs> we'd have a great chance of winning the league. <laughs> I mean, it does feel like the end of the season, which is really weird, doesn't it? Um, I so so the thing about kind of like rotation options, squad players, and you know, you look at the the Liverpool team that was dominant over the last three or four years, and players like Shaqiri, uh, Divo Carigi, Milner when he wasn't like you know too old to, to run. Um, even when you look at like uh, Contas Timikas now, uh, or even Matip who rotated in. I think it's important to have players that you know might not be there beyond two or three years, but can contribute in a meaningful way. And I kind of view Eddie in that lens. Like, can he be Arsenal's Origi? Can Reese Nelson be Arsenal's Shaqiri? Like, I don't know if they can, but, you know, as much as like the Arsenal first team needed a massive refresh over the last two to three years, I think now it's about laying or layering on the next kind of, you know, two or three players like in the front, middle and back that give you that added quality, but also depth. And then you kind of figure out who are going to be the undisputed starters, who are going to be the rotation options who come in here and there. Like, I think it's really important to have those players. And I don't know if Reese Nelson's going to be here beyond even January. Like he might look at his career and if he gets an offer from, I don't know, a West Ham to kind of compete with their wide players that aren't amazing. Maybe he takes that and we get, you know, seven or 8 million for him considering he's got six months left on his contract. Or maybe he accepts a pre-contract deal to, um, you know, Leverkusen or something like that. I think either way, it looks like we, we need to just try and get as much out of him as possible. And even if that's just, you know, Thursday night and then the Brighton game and then some rotation minutes coming off the bench in the Europa League and playing in the FA Cup and the League Cup between now and the end of the season, I think Arteta will look at that as like really valuable because being able to sit down Saka or Martinelli for a, a cup game when you've got a big league game on the weekend, I think is, is going to be really, really important. And it looks like he trusts Nelson a lot more than he does Marquinhos, probably due to the fact that he's known him for, for six years or whatever, right? Well, that's it. I mean, I think Nelson started Arteta's first three Premier League games or something, didn't he, when he came in? So he's, he's clearly got a relationship with him and, and likes what he sees on the training ground. And can recognise there's ability there. It just feels like it's gone on for so long that it, it's never going to become what we really hoped it would be. You know, when he had those uh, loan spell in Germany, when he was sort of matching Sancho's goals and, and things all those years ago. But, you know, I, I would love nothing more than him to completely turn it around and, and use this as a springboard to do so. And as you say, there's going to be opportunities. I mean, we've got four games now before Christmas, we're down to the last four. And I think, as you say, home to Zurich on Thursday, I'm, I'm almost certain he'll be starting that one. Yeah. And home to Brighton in the League Cup. And if there is a bad injury to, to Saka, you know, what would you do? As, let's put it this way. So Saka's out for Chelsea. Are you starting Nelson in the front three? I think he probably would start, right? 
I, I think the fact that Arteta likes subbing or rotating in players that don't require changing multiple components. Like the reason Eddie was has been coming on or starting on the left is, as Arteta says, I only have to change one player. And, you know, I, I suppose Vieira and Marquinhos are in that same thing of, of coming on at right wing and only having to change one player. But in terms of being the most natural right winger, who has played, like, let's be honest, Reese Nelson has already started a game against Chelsea for Arsenal in the Premier League under Arteta. I think that's probably as much indication as you need as to who would start if Saka was out. Um, but I, I do think I do think he'll play. I think it, it looked like a knock. Um, but yeah, he, Arteta's clearly liked Nelson for ages. And so I'm not totally shocked that well, I was totally, I was quite shocked that he came on in that situation, but I'm not totally shocked that he's giving him opportunities and will continue to do so. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, looking ahead to Thursday then, it's a game we have to win to top the group, which is vitally important. But as you alluded to earlier, Zurich are, are not in the best of form. I mean, we didn't look great against them away from home, but it's very different coming home. I think we said... You know, we expected to win it comfortably when we came back. Have they got a point in the group yet? Did they take a point off someone? I'm not sure. I think... I Did they... Well, they beat someone. Beat... They must have beat Bodo. They beat Bodo, yeah. Yeah, they beat Bodo, I guess, at home. Is that their first win of the season, maybe? Oh, in the last game, yeah. They scored very late, didn't they? Because I thought they'd drawn last Thursday. But they did score late to beat Bodo, 90 plus four. Um, which meant that PSV and Arsenal were through sort of regardless. So PSV didn't even need to beat us. They may as well have just let us draw with them. Oh, they did actually win their first league game of the season as well yesterday. So they're on red hot form then. They're on so, red so we're form. in trouble. So with that in mind, back-to-back <laughs> wins for Zurich. <laughs> what type of team are you putting out? Because suddenly, I mean, clearly Arteta wanted this game to be a dead rubber. and. Yeah full rotation with with how strong and how much he chased the game against PSV that is because we've got Chelsea away on Sunday what do you do now Pat I mean do you think it's going to be a, a bit I of a mix again I think I think it will be Turner if he's fit Cedric holding unfortunately and then one of the two centre-backs probably Gabriel because they've rotated in and out and then Tierney. And then I think it will be Lekonga. Oh, but Xhaka's out, isn't he? Oh, that's interesting. Uh, oh, Lekonga Vieira Odegaard? I think that's... Party will be starting the game. No, you don't. I do. I think <laughs> uh, his, history tells us no, no matter the opponent, not. Arteta will... If I, something needed in the game, he's going to go to whatever you predict today, Pat. He will go at least yeah. one or two players stronger. I I can't see party starting. I can't. I really can't. Um, I I I think that Odegaard's come off in enough of these games to ensure that his load is not that high. Um, and. Then I think it will be Nelson, Eddie, and Martinelli came off, didn't he, quite early? Mm. In yesterday. Yeah, I think he came off. 
maybe he starts? See, that's the thing. I mean, Saka's obviously not going to play, probably not fit to anyway. So that's one change. You know, Arteta's talked about not wanting to make too many changes. And I know this opponent... is definitely not going to start. Yeah, well... You'd think, yeah. I mean, he stayed on for the whole game against against Forrest in the search of getting him a goal. I wonder if if part of him does want him to play and score in this game to give him some confidence ahead of the Chelsea game. But it, it's that balance, isn't it? And we've talked before about we don't have the data. We don't know. The data might show Jesus has got absolutely no signs of fatigue and it's just he's got no confidence in front of goal at the moment. If the club see that, I think they'd play him for 60 minutes against Zurich. Hope he gets a couple of goals, bring him off. He's got his eye in, in for goals again ahead of the Chelsea game. So, I think he's going to score against Chelsea, by the way. Just just feels feels like the time. Mm-hmm. I, I think, considering Eddie didn't get a minute, I think he's definitely starting. Right? Eddie did come he... on, didn't he? I think did they he? both played. Yeah, pretty sure. Eddie, the Eddie the only on subs... Yes, because I'm pretty sure the only subs not to come on were... Uh, Holding and Lukonga, who of course were Eddie hooked. did come on for Xhaka. Yeah, at seventy-five minutes. Yeah, you're right. Um, so, and that's what showed me that he was desperate for Jesus to get a goal because otherwise you'd just do a like for like there, wouldn't maybe, it? Maybe maybe I think Saliba starts. The only reason I say that he came off early yesterday, twenty minutes to go. That was the uh, whole yellow card thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Debated. What I mean is that if he gets a yellow against Chelsea. He can't serve that versus Brighton, can he? That's the new rule. So yeah, he'd be out I said that a few weeks ago. I don't know if we've checked that, but I'm pretty sure that's still true. So he'd have to play against Brighton if he got a yellow. So maybe Arteta's thinking, well, he's definitely going to play Chelsea and Wolves if he's available, but there's a chance that he only play If he doesn't play Thursday, he only plays... Do you know what I mean? Hmm. like he only plays one game between now and the end of the season and that doesn't seem right I think he'll probably start ahead of Gabriel I could see yeah I could see holding not playing this game whether that's white and one of Saliba and Gabriel or both of them Mm. I just think he's going to go a bit stronger than we think he's going to be forced from the Saka point of view I think he'll make maybe four changes from four or five changes from Forrest I'm going to go five or six. I think... Oh, we're forgetting El Nenny, though, Ollie. He can't play yet, can he? Can, can't he? He's in full first-team training. I don't think he'll start. I mean, he wasn't on the bench at the weekend. I mean, if there's ever a game to put him in. Maybe off the bench, give him 20 minutes would be good. He is very naturally fit, though. Like, I know he'll be rusty, but if you're going to give him... 60 minutes in any game yeah I mean because most things said he'll be out to after the World Cup but Arsenal did name him in their Europa League squad for the the qualifying stages so they obviously had some hope that there may be a chance he would feature at least maybe in this in this last game so yeah maybe that that there's a chance there I mean I think we'll see like Vieira and Ketia Nelson front three right and then Party Odegaard Lukonga. I don't think he starts. And party. then Tierney, 
two of White, Saliba, Gabriel, and maybe Cedric starts on the right. And I think Ramsdale will stay in because I, I have no idea on Turner's injury, but if he's still not on the bench the weekend, yeah, that's I don't know true. if he'll be starting by Thursday. That's true. That's true. But we'll see. I mean, if we manage to cock that up, no matter who we line up with, then then we'll probably do a bonus episode to have a bit of a meltdown because we haven't had that yet <laughs> for a while. But he, I, I guess there are only four games left, right? Mm, exactly. And and we didn't look tired against Forest. No. You're not going to get tired playing this game either, really, are you? And I mean, you've got five subs and you're at home if you need to yeah. make a change. Yeah, I'm kind of... I'm kind of thinking that maybe it's going to be in between what we both think. Mm. And... I think they on anyone does throw a spanner in the works and so does Cedric coming back. But I mean, I, I read Cedric coming on as a, he's definitely starting on Thursday type of thing. Didn't you? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. So then you've got two out of holding Gabriel Saliba and white. And I think of that bunch with holding Saliba, having those four yellow cards probably means that he might be the one that plays. That's why I think now. I think Cedric and, and Tierney are sure starters. So that's two changes already. Nelson Fasaka is going to be three changes already. I don't think he's going above five changes as a max, which is why I, I can see some of the others. And as you say, Enketi is probably the other one. That's four. I'm not sure there's much else, but we'll see. We'll see. I mean, we've got the Chelsea game before we ch- chat next as well, Pat. Chelsea, obviously this weekend dismantled by Potter's old club, which was really nice to see for them because I felt Brighton had been yeah. a bit unlucky under their new manager to, to have not have won a game yet. I think they played some good football still um, against some teams. I watched the Spurs game. I felt they were a bit unfortunate as well. So Chelsea seem to be a bit of an odd team. They've done really well in the Champions League under Potter. I've gone to some tough games, Milan away, Salzburg away and played pretty well. They've had a couple of good performances in the league. I think the United game, though, from what I saw in that game, didn't watch it all, but it's all large patches. United sort of went there. It was at Chelsea, wasn't it? And I know Chelsea took the lead and United got a late equaliser, but it felt like United were the team probing and looking to to win the game more than Chelsea, really, despite it being at Chelsea. And I really hope we can go there and do that even more so, you know, as, as a team that's top of the league and really attack this Chelsea team and, and go there with confidence and just think we're the better team. But I think when we looked at the fixtures a, a couple of weeks ago, we saw this as a game. I think I said draw, you said loss for, for the Chelsea game. Have you changed your mind potentially on that with, with recent results? Or do you still think this is one we, we'll trip up in? I just feel like, although it's a big game for us, I think it's a bigger game for Chelsea. And now that can either go two ways, right? There's so much pressure and they they kind of don't play as well as they should or they're really up for it and want to play. I've kind of teetered towards the thought of Arsenal doing better in this than I first thought. Maybe that's a bit of recency bias after seeing us against Forest. But to be honest with you, mate, like I, I think I said to you 
a lot of people were scared of Potter going to Chelsea. A lot of these fans, and I'm not talking about myself as like an old head here, but like how many times have we seen a really good coach go from like a lower table team to a bigger bigger job? You know, David Moyes, Everton to United, didn't work. Roberta Martinez from Wigan, who did an amazing job there, to Everton started really well, then tailed off. You know, even Marco Silva, when he went from, he had a great, great time at Watford, didn't he? They went to Everton, had a whole awful time. And then um, he's he's now doing really well with Fulham. Like, it's it's not really a sure thing when you're at a small club and you go to a big one and everything's suddenly different. And I think after watching Potter's Chelsea for a little bit, I think at Brighton, he had a system that created so many chances, but he didn't have the players to finish those chances. I think now he's got the players to finish those chances, but those players don't have the technical security to create the chances. And now, doesn't that sound familiar? <laughs> like mm. it's it's basically Arsenal a year and a half ago or so, where you had Aubameyang, Pepe, and Lacazette that could they could put away chances, but technically secure wise, like they you weren't able to really create anything with them. And you've seen him suddenly play Mount in the front three. You've seen him play Pulisic a bit more. He's trying to find that technical security balance between, you know, Sterling, Aubameyang and the rest of the forwards. Mm. I think that they... I, I look at their team and I think we can cause them a lot of issues defensively and in midfield. Like, I think they start with the two in midfield. Like, I think he's got... He's been playing Conor Gallagher at wing-back to maybe try and cut I in think, a little bit. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be tough for them, I must say. We're playing them probably at, at a good time because it's clear to me Potter still isn't really sure what to do with this bunch. Um, no. He's switched between a back three and a back four a few times. I mean, against Brighton, they had Pulisic and Sterling as wing-backs you know, clearly sort of playing Cucurello as the left centre-back, sort of feeling they could really push Brighton back and that really didn't work. So I imagine we'll see a very different either system and or personnel. He, he's rotated quite a lot between the Champions League team and the Premier League team as well. And I think they've won the group no matter what happens in their home game against Zagreb um, in the middle of the week. So... I expect him to to fully rest sort of the team that he thinks he'll he'll use against us. And you know, it's always a tough place to go. Obviously, there's there's a decent chance we lose the game and a, a you know, probably a very high chance that we don't win it. But I think there's you know, I've often gone to Chelsea dreading it, and we've actually come out and won. Uh, we've done we've got quite a good record at Stanford Bridge in recent years you know thinking of the game last season where everyone written us off after we'd lost those few games but maybe this is a different type of pressure we'll probably go in as as favorites given the recent results and it's going to be really interesting to see how we handle it and how we handle Chelsea's changing systems because obviously in that Southampton game we took the lead and they switched and that seemed to have an effect on us and I think Potter will make changes throughout the game he's talked about that pre-match and, and post-match in some games about how he wants to switch formations within games but keep similar patterns of play and things so it's really it's going to be a really hard one for the team to prepare for because 
who knows what kind of system and lineup and players Chelsea are going to come out with. You know, it could be a Havertz up top versus an Aubameyang, which is a completely different thing to yeah. to try and defend against. And yeah, I think this could go anyway, but I really think that there is a chance if we go there with confidence, play our football. And, you know, plenty of players in this team have gone to Stamford Bridge and won in, in the last couple of years. So hopefully we can take that confidence into the game and um, pick up those three points. But it's going to be another enthralling week, hopefully not so much up and down and more just ups for Arsenal. Quite a few people now saying that um, their, their confidence sack is going to make it for Chelsea, which I think everyone everyone kind of thought didn't they okay. um good. so so that's good i watched chelsea against united at stanford bridge and they were terrible like they they could not create anything mm. and i think their non-penalty xg was like 0.37 or something like that and i was chatting to carl and i think that's only ever happened to arteta at home with fans once against Palace at home, we drew nil nil. But I just, I just feel that however bad you thought we were at creating chances last season, this Chelsea team currently is worse than that, which is which is quite. But again, that doesn't really matter. Any, any yeah, I mean anyway, they've got the... in like a London derby, like yeah. anything can happen. They could they could score three goals from one xG. It doesn't matter, right? And they've got the talent, the individual talent. If it clicks in spells, to to cause us problems for sure. But do they have the individual? Like, I could be quite happy with Sterling having fifty touches the ball, right? I, I just mean, don't, it, yeah, don't it's written in the stars like, for. Create for Aubameyang to score <laughs> and and we all know on his good days he can be good in the box um, yeah. Mount has had a pretty good season amongst amongst the rest of them Sterling hasn't really been good recently but has got plenty of experience of, of being very good Havertz you know I loved him in Germany he's had some big moments for Chelsea but he's been very inconsistent but I, I think you know it only takes a moment to to score a goal and, and they've got players there that can um, cause us cause us problems you know they'll know we play a high line so I wonder if they go with Sterling and, and Aubameyang both sort of starting in that front three or two or whatever they play but it's, it's really intriguing I just think the positive is they don't really know what they're doing the negative is we don't know what they're going to do so yeah. it's um, I think it's got the potential to be quite a fun game for the neutral to watch anyway. Just a note also, by the way, uh, Mero Nani did participate in full warm down training after the Here he comes Forest the game, saviour. Which which Mikel Arteta watched, by the way. He stayed back and watched it, which I don't know if he usually does. But he must just be looking and thinking, is he going to is he going to be ready? Is the saviour going to be ready to come in for Thursday? He watched to check how well he was passing sideways and backwards. I mean, all jokes aside, and then I said it a couple of weeks ago when we when we were ahead and lost our way a bit. I think if you want to keep the ball as a sub substitution, um, he's a better option than what we've currently got on the bench. And we won't do any more Lukonga chat today, but I think it's not been a great week for him and there's a reason he didn't get on against Forrest and he was hooked straight after a goal at PSV. So, 
Yeah, it's great for the squad if, if Elneny is back to sort of supplement us in the next, well, the last four games before the World Cup. But um, it's good to still be on top of the table after a few, I think it's probably four games in a row that we weren't at our best. And the fixtures did give us an opportunity to get back to our best. It's fair enough to say. Also fair to say Forrest had only conceded two in four games before they came to the Emirates and yeah, but beat Liverpool you, last week. Do you know what? It kind of felt like the classic regression game, right? Like we were going to regress to... But we hadn't always done that. That's the type of thing Man City do, everyone. I mean, they've built a reputation. You don't want to play an angry Man City. That's what you need. That's what we need to create. And yeah. this is the type of game that does that. But before... You know, even last season we were losing games in bunches. So I I felt this was going to be either this was either going to be a one 0 and we're going to look leggy after first day, or we're going to smash them because we've scored two and a half xg out of our last uh, two and a half go- two goals out of like seven xg or something of our last five games, and Forest have massively overperformed defensively. I think they conceded two point two xg against Liverpool or something like that. Mm. Um, so it felt it was either going to be like a one 0 leggy thing. Or we were going to just come and smash them 4 5 no and regress to the mean. Both teams regressing to the mean slightly. And it felt like it was the latter. Like, I never thought this was going to be like a 2 1 Arsenal or a 3 1 Arsenal type of game. It was either going to be a, a very, like very low scoring, tired game or, or a smashing. Mm. And it was a smashing. It was a 5 0, which we looked to see when was the last time we won by such a margin. We did win 5 0 last season on Boxing Day away to Norwich, but. Apart from that, there's not been many wins of that magnitude um, in recent years. So enjoy it, as we said, when we were winning games before our sort of slight blip. And if that is all our blips are, you know, a draw and a loss in Europe that shouldn't really matter, then I'll take that as a blip. But it's another time to be happy. Watch those highlights again. Watch us score five beautiful goals. Hopefully Jesus can get involved in the action. As Pet said, he played really well. You know, he got to assist. It was nice to see him not sort of snatching at things and getting getting greedy or, or anything. He's not that type of person. He still set up a couple of goals. Um, would have been three assists if if uh, Nelson had scored with that first shot as well. So, yeah, good performance from him. Let's hope those goals, we talk about cashing in on your XG. Hopefully he cashes in big time against Chelsea with a hat trick. You've been listening to Fresh Arsenal podcast once again. We're going to leave it there. Please subscribe if you haven't already. Um, please send in your questions and thoughts and feedback to us on Twitter at Fresh Arsenal Pod. We'd love to hear it. I've been your host, PB, at Ollie Price Bates on Twitter. Delighted to be joined again by Pat, who you can find at AFC Pet. Thank you very much, and we will see you on the next one. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.